Hello, welcome to the Talking City podcast, your Manchester City podcast from the Manchester Evening News. Uh, we thought City's trip to Belgrade to face Red Star would be a dead rubber, nothing happening, a few fringe players playing and a fairly boring result. We couldn't have been much more wrong. Yes, it was a dead rubber. Yes, some fringe players played, but we did see two uh, senior debuts and a fantastic debut goal from Micah Hamilton. Uh, we'll apologise from the top of the show for the noise that you might hear outside. The work that you've been hearing on the last few podcasts is still going on. Hopefully it won't be done soon, uh, but we will uh, try and talk over that and dissect what happened at Red Star. My name's Joe Bray and joining me back from Serbia is Simon Bajkowski. Si, how was your, your trip to, to Belgrade? Yeah, Champions League takes you to all kinds of places. Wasn't really my vibe. No. Um, no, which is a real surprise because I sort of um, big fan of say Croatia and mm-hmm. Bosnia, and I was kind of expecting Serbia to be quite similar to that, and it surprisingly wasn't. But it didn't rain while we were there, and it was warmer than it was over here. Well then, so um, I was expecting snow. I was thinking, but well, yeah, it, it defied expectations in every way, but uh, <laughs> mostly for me, not quite what I was hoping for but as you say the game was a lot better than Mm -hmm. anyone was hoping for yeah we thought that it would just be the game would be the worst part of the trip but actually it was provided a lot more stories didn't it yeah and you know because the the day before with Pep's press conference as well there wasn't really too much to take from it as well um but then the game was absolutely fantastic Mm -hmm. yeah I I was watching from home and Stefan Ortega's he got about four questions didn't he and 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 left and normally you expect a little bit more but I think it just reflected the fact that there wasn't many talking points going into into the game yeah and I think as well with um, with Red Star being knocked out as mm-hmm. well there wasn't kind of much it, it sort of almost felt like the English journalists were almost outnumbering the Serbian ones and there weren't that many of right. those it, it was like there just wasn't really mm-hmm. too much I think Pep might have got one or two questions in Serbian pre-match and yeah. all post-match and it, 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 that surprised me as well because yeah. you know it's probably not too often when a manager like Guardiola um, comes like one guy was there from Armenia um, asking Pep if the Champions League final would have been different if Mkhitaryan had started yeah. for Inter which is like incredibly niche but it's like if you if you want to use this opportunity then you um, do get questions like that in these Champions League yeah yeah, yeah, yeah but I, was, I was almost surprised there were yeah. more of, of yeah. that or, or anything like that so um, yeah it, it felt very low key and even mm-hmm. sort of um, the you know much has been made of how intimidating the sort of atmosphere is and and whatever and they, they do have the famous tunnel which yeah. is a lot less intimidating now that they've sort of renovated um but it did feel it felt edgy walking to the game um like there was a few of us who got a taxi and the driver like dropped us off a kilometer away because you couldn't get any closer and uh, i'm walking down some dark alleys and whatever to get to the ground and it, it felt a bit um yeah edgy but once you got inside and the the noise from the fans it it didn't feel like they were going full throttle yeah. either. Um, I think because they were already out and they didn't have that riding on it. So it wasn't kind of as hostile for City as it, it might have been. There was a little bit of trouble the night before with some fans as well. That probably added to... Yeah, yeah. There were a few stories going round and then sort of one 
thing that definitely happened was um, a group of thing about 20 fans who were sort of set upon in a bar and um, a few uh, ended up in hospital but were thankfully released in time for the game um, with only minor injuries and City sort of spoke to police and UEFA and managed to get buses on for the fans to to the ground um, as a result of that because they sort of wanted to put that extra safety measure in place. Um, but yeah, obviously anyone who was caught up in that will have, will have really enjoyed Belgrade, I suppose. Well, that's it. When, when City fans travel, they, they are noisy and loud, aren't they? But they are respectful at the same time. They City don't really take over places in the way no. that other clubs would. Um, and it's always... I always think it's a bit funny when it's kind of like an English thing, isn't it? Like, go to a, you want them to go to a square and put their flag up yeah. and like take over the square. And it, 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 it's almost like frowned upon to just like go to a place and have some drinks and yeah. enjoy yourself. We're like, no, no, where's your flag <laughs> in the square? But yeah, for the large part, City fans yeah. are quite um, good and respectful. Um, and you know, I, I don't think there was they were doing anything in that bar that night that yeah. could have antagonised. It was just that, you know, for whatever reason, um, there was uh, there was people in the city who wanted to uh, to attack. But again, the, the game didn't have anything riding on it. If you were deciding whether to do it or not, you would look at the outcome of the group. City won it. You're not gonna go. Yeah, yeah, and it it was a game for hardcore yeah. fans, really, because um, you know I was speaking to uh, a fan who wasn't there the day before the game, and they said, you know, they they went absolutely everywhere last season in Istanbul, and they're still doing kind of plenty of away games domestically this season, but there's just like cost, yeah, and you know, and it's before Christmas and. Um, you've got Saudi Arabia coming up, which mm -hmm. fans are doing as well. So, like, if there is a game that you're going to miss, then it is probably Serbia. But I think there were like a thousand City fans or so who did. Which is impressive did. considering how many away yeah. trips City have had this year. Yeah, and more yeah. than usual with the Champions League games, yeah. Super Cup, Club World Cup. Yeah, 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 it is. It is. And, um, and yeah, they were rewarded because they can say that they saw Calvin Phillips's. <laughs> first and possibly only goal for Manchester City and they saw Micah Hamilton's first and probably not last goal <laughs> for City so um, you know it was nice that the fans who went out there yeah. kind of got those memories on the pitch even if some of them ran into trouble off it you could say those fans were in the room where it happened and <laughs> that is probably not the last Hamilton pun <laughs> I will use or have used this week Micah Hamilton. Yeah. Uh, he's been in training a few times this week, uh, this season, sorry, on the bench twice. He's in a bit of a weird position where he's too old for the youth league. So he's been sort of a bit more involved in the first team. We knew he'd be in the squad, but it was a bit of a surprise that he started. Nobody thought he'd start, no. Especially out of position because he's more yeah. of a left winger than a, a right winger. Yeah. And he looked like he'd been playing for the first team for, for ages. Yeah, he's sort of um, like an outlier in mm -hmm. so many aspects. Like normally, play, like you saw Sosoho come on for his debut and he's 18, I think, yeah. with Hamilton's 20. Yeah. Um, but he's, he's not played for the first team because he's had injuries for most of the last two years. Um, but he's like, 
it's it, we both covered the academy it's so hard to break through yeah. from the academy and it's so hard when you're in the academy and you get a serious injury mm-hmm. because you're out for you know nine 12 18 months and you can't make any progress you can't develop as a footballer and you're watching everyone who sort of was at the same level as you 18 months ago getting 18 months of football that you're not mm-hmm. to show what they can do um and you know mike hamilton will have been you know played with players that are now in the first team or are now other first teams having been sold for lots and lots of money yeah. and nobody really knew his name before wednesday night you know there were city fans being like i've never heard of this kid when when the team was was yeah. named and because as well there'd been no hype around him there'd been no expectation that he would start um but like you say as soon as play started he looked like he'd, he'd been you know there forever and you're suddenly like well not to put too much pressure on him but here is a fast pacey lively winger who loves taking people on mm-hmm. like you see you're sort of looking for somebody to fill the bench if Jeremy Doku's injured, then, um, yeah, there's another option right there. So um, it was a huge night for him, really, because City will, the last month or so, City have struggled to fill the bench. So Mm -hmm. here is a guy who Pep now has a lot of faith in to say, you can be in my match day squad because I've seen you do it in in the Champions League. He's got a Champions League goal. Um, So why can't you do it... uh, Brighton away or, you know, Everton away, Sheffield United at home, you can be in my squad if there's if there's room. So um, a, a huge night for him and, you know, he deserves every credit for taking taking his opportunity. And you've, you've got to do that because if you come in as a young player and sort of feel your way in, you, you don't know when that next chance is coming. And there's plenty of good players who've been called up under Pep and maybe just tried to do the right things and have then not seen the first team again. And, yeah, you know, Rico Lewis is the, the example where he came in and he made sure that Pep had no excuse but to keep on playing him. So if Hamilton can do that, then, yeah, I mean, fair play to him. The only thing I would say is if he's had so much time off not playing, then would he benefit from playing regularly for the youth team rather than sitting on the bench? Yeah. So I think that's something they might have to weigh up. Yeah, I, well, they, they will, but they, you know, they've managed that quite well yeah. before with, say, Foden and Lewis and Palmer. So, mm-hmm. um, but, you know, with that performance on Wednesday, he has elevated himself into that bracket yeah. of players who, you know, can be considered for the first team more regularly. I spoke, spoke to Brian Barry Murphy a few weeks ago. And he said of, about Hamilton, he's a street footballer. And you can see that guide you in the way that he plays and that he wants to take people on. He's exciting. His goal, he could have sort of done what Jack Realist does and just pass it back or put a cross in the box. He was like, no, I'm going to take on the man. Yeah. It gets better every time you watch it, that goal as well. It was a tight angle. Yeah. You know, as he takes the ball away from goal, you're thinking the chances yeah. is going. But also, you know, I was um, doing play ratings and sort of said, oh, this sort of finishing him off around 80, 80 minutes mm-hmm. or so and you say he's probably faded a bit in the second half and then Red Star got one back to make it 2-1 and suddenly it's Hamilton driving into the box and winning a penalty and that as well is mm-hmm. will go down really well with the coaching staff um, because it's making a difference in an important moment and getting your team the win you know he scored the opening goal and then when Red Star pulled one back to be only one goal behind he's the one who's 
won them the penalty mm-hmm. to to restore the two goal two goal advantage. So it it, it was a, a perfect night for him. As I say, when you when you get that opportunity, you really want to take it. And he definitely did that. Another person who has had opportunities before, but probably the best we've seen him, Oscar Bob. He won Player of the Match, scored a fantastic solo goal. This was his best performance, I think, for for City. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, Pet was probably more glowing about um, Bob after the game than Hamilton. Mm-hmm. He, was, he was like wowed by Hamilton, but. Yeah. It was the performance from Bob that sort of made you think, yeah, that's why you're here. And because he has looked like he's part of the first team when he's when he's come on um, or when he's played. But I think his only other start was Newcastle away where he, he didn't do anything wrong necessarily, but um, it wasn't quite that. But like, like Pep said, I mean, we didn't have replays um, at the at the game and obviously all you... TNT Sports or whatever, a geoblock, so mm-hmm. couldn't actually see any any replays of of the goal until like long after um, the game and the press conference had finished. But similar with Hamilton's, the more you watch that Oscar Bob goal, you were yeah. like, "That is incredible." Yeah, um, and yeah, he he's just a very very talented footballer. And again, on the back of that, we'll get so many more opportunities. Yeah. Um, and you know he sort of got asked after the game because with Hamilton and Bob now they've scored those goals City will be getting a million inquiries about yeah. in January can we have this player on loan for the rest of the season and uh, and they both said like why would we leave here yeah we want to stay so that will please Guardiola and I think they'll both get plenty of chances I mean, yeah, with the state of the squad as well and the injuries and yeah. suspensions and Jack Grealish potentially injured when he goes yeah, out that last time. Yeah. There will be chances. The only thing like Huddersfield at home in the FA Cup yeah. third round, another opportunity for him from there. I think with Bob as well, he played up front. We were looking at the team sheet about, oh, could Grealish play in the middle? Could, yeah. could Hamilton be there? Could they rotate? And Guardiola comes out and says, no, it will be Oscar Bob. And that's not his natural position. He's, he's normally yeah. a number 10 or plays on the wings. So yeah. Did for, he play nine at Newcastle? Possibly, Hulk, yeah, but he, that was a more of a rotation as well. Yeah, where he's, he yeah. played on the right, yeah, but it was. But then also played false nine and then moved over to the yeah. right when Foden came on, and that was where he um, where he got his goal from. And you come at Newcastle, there was a chance where he runs through the middle, and there's a glorious chance to shoot, and he tries and plays in. I think Galvez or someone else, right? And Guardiola turns away and he's frustrated. <laughs> he's not angry; he's frustrated. Yeah. Um, and I think I put that to Barry Murphy at one point and he said, well, Oscar's the best in that position providing that pass. Yeah. So he's actually doing what he's been trained to do. Yeah, But yeah. yes, he could have shot at Belgrade. He's in a position. He's not giving that ball to anyone. He's he's taking it. He's using the run of Lewis. He's yeah. bended it around the defenders. I think it shows maybe a little bit of progress as well. Um, the academy. We saw <laughs> Soho come on. Guardiola yeah. said at Newcastle, we've got no academy players because we've sold them all. Mm. Now he's called up. He's given two debuts, two more on the bench. He was upset that he couldn't give Max Elaine um, a debut. True Grant is called up in Edison's place. It's that pathway, isn't it, that the coaches always tell me that they want to have... They can tell the players forever that if you get if you perform well, you'll get a chance. But it's seeing that, isn't it? It's seeing those players get the reward. 
and it's it's these games where Guardiola helps that as well and, and gives them that opportunity. Yeah, it really is. And, you know, Guardiola does not give these opportunities yeah. easily. Um, but he puts a lot of stock in people taking their opportunities. Mm-hmm. And, like, even if Michael, Hamil- if Michael Hamilton does nothing else in his career, yeah. he scored a Champions League goal. Like, do you know how elite <laughs> that makes him? Um, with his first shot. With his first <laughs> shot, yeah. So you never know what's going to happen when you get your chance. And being given the chance is the opportunity to sort of, you know, make your career. Mm-hmm. And on the back of that performance, yeah, Hamilton might go on to do amazing things, which he wouldn't have done if he if he hadn't got it. And that is what kind of City are still doing to encourage. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're also saying you can have a top career elsewhere if you don't make the City team and there's bucket loads of evidence of that but to have five academy players on the pitch at the same time with Lewis and Foden being but again like and and again can't be stressed enough Lewis is younger than Bob and yeah. uh, Hamilton but just he's just part of the furniture now um, but to have five players on the pitch and for Guardiola to be upset he can't bring on a sits is um, remarkable from where City were you know the only kind of um the only time I can remember that happening before Guardiola was when Pellegrini named that protest eleven in the FA Cup. So <laughs> it, it's it, it likely won't happen again for a while, but yeah. maybe it'll just fill in the FA Cup. Um, but you know, it won't happen every week. But it's still um, a, a real sort of coup for for the academy, and and as well because we could see sort of all the under 19s were there watching after their youth league game, and all the coaches were were there so you know they are seeing it yeah. they are seeing like what could be them and you know you've got like the ball boy from six years ago Hamilton like this could be you but he was only a ball boy because he's an academy player yeah. and yeah it was um City are sort of selling the dream by that they don't have to sell it with anything other than like use your eyes yeah. look at what you can see this could be you like you wouldn't have heard it but it was on BT or TNT Sports commentary, there was a the point was made. All oh, these academy players are playing, and then Robbie Savage and the commentator start talking about how great Man United's academy is, and they went on and on. And I'm thinking, you've got, <laughs> you know, not just Hamilton and Bob. You've got Foden and Lewis, and yeah. look at Cole Palmer bossing it for Chelsea, and and all these players. And it was, uh, yeah, it felt like a bit of misjudged commentary. But yeah, like you say, the all the U team players. The it, the it, comments on on Mike Hamilton's Instagram were every single one of his teammates absolutely delighted for him as well. Yeah, yeah, and even more so after his injuries. But like yeah. you know, there probably won't be another class of '92 that no. United produced, and that is incredible. And it's also incredible that they've had a an academy graduate in the matchday squad for yeah. you know such a long run. Um, but you know, City can only do what City can do, and City in their academy. City's Academy is making a name for itself as one of the best in the world. And you think back to sort of when there was a quote from Sheikh Mansour, I think, when City, when the takeover happened and it was like, we're not just building a team of all-stars. And you think back to them sort of building this £200 million academy training complex with first is training ground but it's got the yeah. academy in this academy stadium and you know it was a time of city's lavish spending and 200 million just on this 
and they've not even brought any first team players through and I think it was 2014 end of 2014 it opened maybe so it's not yet 10 years but you know they've made big sales on academy players for sort of at least the last three years and sort of got better every time and there's loads of academy players coming through and Foden Foden was always going to come through Foden was going to come through if he played on sand for all his, (laughs) his childhood but like to bring through Lewis and Palmer and all of these. And that's it, like, a player can be destined to make the first team and never do it because you never know what's going to happen. You know, Cole Palmer nearly got let go um, when he was 15, I think. So, like, it was really not long. Um, you ne- Rico Lewis, like, never really was the standout in the academy, but he's the standout in this sort of Guardiola setup. So... You know, but having so many at that level means that there's more chance of coming through. And um, yeah, I don't think any of us would have thought that Mike Hamilton would have gone and done no. what he did. Um, but the fact that he'd done it is firstly amazing credit to him, but also credits sort of everyone who's got him there. I've not really seen Hamilton because of his injuries and because he hasn't yeah. played in the youth league. So it was quite refreshing for me as well. I, mean, I remember the first time I saw Cole Palmer play he was missing a penalty, the decisive penalty in the Youth Cup final. Yeah. So it's that sort of how you react to those sort of setbacks, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it was it was interesting because, um, you know, the whole of Wednesday night was like, oh, this is the ball boy, the ball boy, mm-hmm. the ball boy. And then, um, you know, he got asked like a quick question about the injury and he was like, yeah, like a year ago I was having injections in my ankle. Yeah. Like so clearly with him, he's remembering how much he's gone through to 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 be in the position that that he is, and it it, it yeah, like I say, injuries for academy players are particularly horrible. You've seen so many, and just it's ended their city yeah. career, really. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you know, Hamilton won't be underestimating what an achievement he's he's made, and yeah, just. Uh, a, a really, really good night. It's lovely to see things like that. It's lovely yeah. to see young players taking the chance. And also, I still can't get over how many players who make it from the academy are homegrown. Yeah. Like City do attract the best young players from all over the world. And, you know, certainly five or six years ago, we're actively signing players from all over the world. You had like, say, Eric Garcia's coming in and um, people like that. But still, like... Foden, Palmer, Lewis, um, and Hamilton, and people like that from the Greater Manchester area coming through. It's you know a really nice thing to to see, and the fact that Hamilton makes it means that you never know who's going to make it next, and that is also what the academy and the club sell it like. Not to do Hamilton down, but he's, he's had so yeah. many injuries, and and nobody really saw that debut coming, so. The next debut was Sosovo, but could be anyone after him. Well, that sums it up because Sosovo came from uh, Catalan and moved to England. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Such, it, yeah, there's a lot of Manx, but there's also people worldwide. But yeah, everything I see about Hamilton, hear him talk, see the ball boy story, his injuries, you're just delighted for him, aren't you? I think um, a couple of stats that picked out when I couldn't sleep last night in the report recently, it said I think 60-something players are now playing in the EFL or Europe's top five leagues who've come through the academy, which is 
a ridiculous stat, really. And I also counted 32 academy players who've now made their debut under Pep Guardiola, which is uh, shows that he is willing to give those debuts to players who've, who've come through as well. Yeah, and um, somebody asked me while I was during the game, they were like, is it fair to say Pep's been criticised for not bringing young players through? And I sort of thought, it's probably fair to say he's had criticism. Yeah. But whether it's fair to say that, whether that criticism was fair, I don't know because it has given loads, it has given a lot of debuts. Like, it's true that he tends to go strong in the cups and things like that, and he doesn't just give away appearances for free. But also, if you play and you really impress him, like Rico Lewis did, you, you stick around. Yeah. Um, and again, Rico Lewis was never like Phil Foden, he was never like picked out from age nine as mm -hmm. this kid is going to be amazing, this generational talent, but has the brain and the ability and has peaked at, or matured at the right time to to get in. So, you know, I've criticised Guardiola at times for his decisions around youth team players and there's, there's an argument to be made, should he be filling his bench with academy players rather than leaving them blank? But, you know, I, I think... Think you look at what's going on now, and it's kind of difficult to criticise what what they've done. It's not to say that they hadn't haven't made mistakes, or but the overall picture is so good. Um, it feels like yeah, like you might not have the next class of ninety two, but maybe that doesn't happen anywhere ever again. No. And in which case, you've got to look at other sort of metrics for success and having over 30 debuts and having over 60 players playing at things around the world. I think we're seeing with City what we did see with United um, in their pomp, whereby a player who had come through United's academy system would be trusted by the manager of sort of any club in the league. And even <laughs> if you weren't going to make it at United, you know, like how many United players did like Sunderland buy or yeah. things like you know, United players would always go for good money um, because of the education and the schooling and the, the ability that they they had. And I think you're seeing it now with City where it's just accepting that City produce exceptional footballers. And, well, I mean, I know clubs around Europe are actively targeting City's academy because, yeah. because of that, because they know that, a, not everyone can make it for the first team. B, a lot of them are hungry to try and start the first team career as soon as possible. Um, but also, th there's no real doubts about whether they'll make it because so many are and so many have. And it's kind of part of the the DNA that is being produced in that academy that you're going to be a really, really good footballer. I think Southampton are an example of that. They're paying basically 10 million a go at a number of City players and fairly confident of selling them on for money, including Lavia, who's already gone for yeah. 45. So, yeah, I United, the new City. <laughs> City, the new <laughs> United. City, the new United, yeah. Yeah, well, Lavia, um, other clubs will look at what Southampton have done with Lavia and think, yeah. could we do that? Yeah. Because um, it's natural, because you do. And, you know, what did City do with the, when they first came? They sort of, they got two big execs from Barcelona and said, we'll try and recreate what Barcelona have done. And... Yeah, it's worked. 
who'd have thought we'd be after the Belgrade <laughs> game we'd be spending so long talking about uh, the academy but that's that's what happened uh, when City went to Red Star it wasn't just the young players playing though there were a few fringe players who got the chance and after the break we'll uh, hopefully you can hear us uh, over the racket outside <laughs> but after the break we'll uh, have a chat about who impressed and who didn't Hello, welcome back to the Talking City podcast. We know how good Mike Hamilton and Oscar Bob were. Now let's talk about the players who came in who probably are expected to do a little bit more. Let's start with Calvin Phillips. He got his goal. He celebrated like he knew it was a bit of a gift of a penalty, shall we say? What what happened with the penalty? Because he wasn't down to take it originally. So again, it's very, it was very difficult because it was quite late and mm-hmm. we, did, we couldn't see any replays um, and we're also sort of frantically trying to get a Wi-Fi yeah. to file. Uh, <laughs> from what I saw, well, Phil Foden, ha- see you in the penalty, Phil Foden gets the ball, is sort of near the spot, ready to go. Bernardo, who I assume took the captain's arm back he did, when he yeah. came on, yeah. Um, goes over to Foden, has a word with him. Foden turns round gives it to Phillips. Phillips steps up and scores. Like, I don't know whether there was anything from Pep or yeah. anyone else saying let Phillips take it or whether it was Bernardo and or Foden who said let Phillips take it. But they did let Phillips take it. He scored his first City goal in his 30th appearance, I think. Um, he hasn't played particularly well, but he now has a Champions League yeah. goal. Um and you know a nice touch um if it was from from Foden and Silver and whoever else to to give him that opportunity it looked like his teammates were more happy than he was like yes it was a good penalty he was happy to score he waved to the crowd and I presume his family in in the stands but he looked a bit I don't know it didn't look like he was absolutely delighted yeah it felt again, like he knew the whole the bigger picture of what yeah, was going on you've probably seen his reaction more than yeah. more than I have um very subdued I mean as as you would be and mm-hmm. probably you know the sign of a very good footballer and a very good competitor that despite whatever relief you may feel from the goal you're still mm-hmm. kind of a bit um you can put it in that wider situation both of the match and of of beyond um you know peps spoke afterwards about sort of hopefully it can be good for his confidence which tells you where where he's at mm-hmm. as well um so did he do enough in the game i mean enough for what because <laughs> i mean i think city will keep him if he wants to stay mm-hmm. but i don't think he did enough to warrant starting you know other league games so it's his decision as to whether he wants to move away in in January but his decision knowing that he's probably not going to get many starts or much game time at all um, at City so I'd be very surprised if he will stay you know pepped up before the game about oh there's a lot of games until the end of January and you sort of thought yeah but Phillips probably isn't going to be used in a lot of them. And and also, given the way the first half of the season has gone, Phillips should be wanting to move January the 1st so that he can play a lot of games in January for another team. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's going to be 
I would be very surprised to see him stay, but I'm pretty sure that City won't be kicking him out the door. They'll be mm. very happy to to keep him if it, he wants to stay. It felt like he backed up what Pep said last week, where he doesn't see him in the side, and that he was still doing a few things wrong, giving the ball away in bad areas. Maybe played it safe when he should have t- took a risk, and vice versa. I don't know. It, it felt like he was trying to do too much to do the right thing, and actually didn't. It's really hard, and it, it's because it you sort of you can visualize him. It's not that he sort of not. It's almost like he has all the ingredients. It's just not, you know, all the notes just not in the right yeah. order. It's um, I, I can see where Pet was coming from with the comment but at the same time it's sort of it, it should work yeah i don't think there's anyone out there who's like well of course phillips was never going to work at city oh no yeah and for guardiola to say well he can't visualize him in his team well sort of why not like when did you stop being able to visualize him in your team because there must have been a point when he signed and when okay. he signed us and the world went well that's a very good signing um and you thought he would play um, and he goes away with England and he plays sort of helping in a midfield three and, and looks very good, but it, it just, just not happened. And I, I sort of, you know, has, has he got kind of worse in terms of decision-making and doing those things as he's like, is he overthinking more than he was when he first started? Or I, I just, it, it's a big mystery as to what has happened with with Phillips to City because at the minute he's kind of down as like one of the their worst ever signings um, because they've paid you know nearly 50 million for him and they've no um, he's not really had a good game and they're happy to get to to let him go if he wants so it, I don't think it's for the lack of trying though like obviously no. his attitude is you can't fault it at all. And yeah, yeah, it's, and like, it's just that something hasn't clicked. Yeah, and like you say, all his teammates are delighted yeah. for him. Um, you know, Harlan sort of put on his Instagram like a message as soon as he scored. Like They all love him. Um, it's just not worked. And nobody can quite explain or understand mm-hmm. why. At the training on Tuesday, Phillips was the first senior player over to the young players as well who was just sort of kicking the ball around between themselves and I've spoke to Sosoho and he said he doesn't speak to Roger because he's sort of overawed but he will <laughs> Phillips will help him out right and so yeah. he's got that place in the squad hasn't he but I don't know I just I was looking at that game and Pep's altered the formation to basically help him he's put Kovacic next to him which wouldn't happen if it was in a league game with Rodri yeah and you yeah. still see Nunes taking his chance a bit more which we can talk about yeah later. I mean you know I wasn't blown away by Kovacic I thought that he tried to sort of dribble his way forward from that sort of deep line position and get caught in possession and found out and but it just kind of seemed like when Kovacic did it it didn't quite expose City as much as Phillips making mm-hmm. the wrong decision did um, it, it's a bit of that it feels like everything Phillips does is yeah, I think that's fair as well. You know, Phillips might not make so many more errors than the rest of his teammates, but they seem to be more costly. And that's mm-hmm. not because he's doing things in worse set. It's just everything seems to be against him. There's no real kind of logic or, or explanation. But but yeah, it, 
there was almost like you wanted to watch the penalty sort of through yeah. through your fingertips because you thought, oh, if he missed, missed it. <laughs> exactly that. But you're at that point where like everyone wants him to do well, but you're thinking, well, everything else isn't going his way. Mm-hmm. So it is, is this. Um, and yeah, ultimately, the performance wasn't... I think in reality, whenever he plays, it's a six out of 10. He's not doing much it's wrong. That, yeah. Yeah, but he's be, he, you need him to do more because yeah. it, because of the whole history of what's gone on. You yeah. need him to be what putting seven, eight, even nine out of ten. You need him to be looking like he belongs yeah. and he's there. And you know, in the way that sort of Micah Hamilton did, or Oscar Bob did, or Kovacic did. You know, his big thing was, was in summer when he said, "Right, I'm staying. I'm yeah. proving myself." And instantly, Kovacic looked better than him, or more comfortable than him mm-hmm. in the team. And you, you think, well, that's a bit of a bit of a blow and on Wednesday night it was you know Kovacic, Nunes and Phillips in the team the stage is there for one of you or two of you or three of you to show why you should be starting those games and Phillips was the worst of the three and we spent half an hour whatever talking about all the academy players and like you say Hamilton's never played for the first team and he's within 20 minutes he's shown what he can do Mateus Nunes started brightly got the assist for Hamilton I thought he was quite good in that number 10 role. But again, like Phillips, is, is he going to ever play there again? Yeah, I mean, I've not been Nunes' biggest fan since no. he joined. Uh, I thought he was one of his best games, if not his best game. Um, he, and similar to sort of Phillips helping the youngsters off the pitch, thought Phil, uh, Nunes was good kind of between Hamilton and, and Bob. Mm-hmm. Sort of always there to offer yeah. something else. But, but also taking on this mantle. Nunes is kind of the sign of the new city that aren't there yet. You know, he's yeah. been bought, as Kovacic has, as like a ball carrier who can move the ball through midfield in a way that City never had before. And there were signs of it, um, kind of more signs of it on Wednesday than there have been yeah. in any other game, which is which is promising. The sort of, the question mark around that though is... Um, do you want to move away from a team that's just won the treble? And, you know, mm-hmm. we, we kind of got used to, nobody likes change, basically. We're all like, uh, I'm a bit uncertain about that. And, you know, will Nunes be able to do that again? Will he be able to sort of, how will it disrupt the rest of the team if he's doing that? Um, and Kovacic as well. But, I mean, Pep mentioned afterwards in his press conference about Kovacic being a player that they've not had before, the type of player that they've not had before. And, and Nunes is is definitely the same, and it, it's odd as well because he's he's twenty five, but mm-hmm. he's so you know he's almost as raw as Doku. Yeah, um, you're talking about a guy who like really impressed City in the Champions League a few years ago, has had a year at Wolves and and really impressed them at Old Trafford at the start of this season, which maybe wasn't the like the big flag <laughs> it should have been given what everyone else has done to United there, um, but. He's still like really green in this team, and you're not sure what how he fits in. Um, so I thought he played very well and had one of his better games, and yeah, did things that we've not really seen before from a city team, which is exciting. But also, you sort of think, you know, say City draw PSG in the last 16, is Pep going to play Nunes or is he going to play? Bernardo Silva there or Kevin De Bruyne there because he knows he can rely more on them and knows mm-hmm. more what's coming 
and is confident that that will add more to the team than than Nunes will. But it, it was it was a positive night for him. Yeah. I think it was. But then that, those names you say, you've also got Foden, Alvarez. He's probably fifth choice in that attacking midfield role when everyone's fit. So it, it is tricky. He was keen to tell us at the start of the season that he's not come through an academy. He came through that the lower leagues yeah. of, in Portugal and got a big move. Do you work in a bakery? Something a, like yeah, that. Yeah. He got a big move to sporting and then a big move to the Premier League. His moves have come quite quickly. Yeah. So if he's raw, it's, it might be because he's he's not on the same sort of journey as a lot of the other players as well. No, I mean, what could go in his favour is he was kind of sort of drifting right yeah. um, in in a way that De Bruyne does. Yeah. And not in terms of doing the same thing on the ball because De Bruyne kind of gets in that area and kind of puts an assist in for a goal, basically. But but you sort of think, well, if Nunes can, is, is preferring that kind of thing, maybe... We don't know whether how fixed De Bruyne is going to be for the rest of the season. So, you know, if De Bruyne isn't available for a game, maybe by that point Nunes has done enough kind of in that sort of central but veer into the right role that Pep thinks, you know what, maybe that is the best option I've got. So, yeah, there's there's plenty of potential there. It's interesting, in the last week, Pep and Matteo Kovacic have both unprompted pointed out Nunes as being a really important player and a really talented player so there's clearly something there he didn't cover himself in glory with that that miss in front of goal did he when the <laughs> when, when the flag went up yeah he's spared by the offside yeah flag. but again I mean I think isn't it's not that we're sort of um cheerleading for players but like you don't want to see players doing badly no um and it was a bit like that as as you were with with Phillips, like, you, oh, Nunes has done well. Oh, Nunes has done well. Yeah. And then it's like, he misses from four yards <laughs> and you're like, right, it's one step forward, yeah. two back, isn't it? But, may, well, maybe not because maybe the, you know, the good stuff outweighs the missing a sitter because the sitter's easy to, yeah. easier to rectify. But it is like, you wouldn't be massively helping your case if you just did things yeah. like scoring unmarked from four yards. He's not known for his goals, is he? But no. You would expect a footballer worth yeah. 53 million to, to convert that. Um, I think we've covered all of the, the players who may or may not have improved uh, or impressed on uh, on Tuesday or Wednesday even. I'll get my words out <laughs> at some point. We will be back after a short break for a final part where we look ahead to Crystal Palace and also the Club World Cup. Hello, welcome back to the Talking City podcast. Before we get into uh, what is coming up, a reminder that you can get a 30-day free trial on Amazon Prime to watch Everton versus City on the 27th of December. You can find all the information of that on the uh, link that will be in the description and around the uh, Manchester Evening News. Now, this is our final podcast of the year because uh, our producer, Seb, is taking a very selfish holiday over Christmas. He's not thinking of uh, us or you guys, um, but that means that we can have a chat about uh, the Club World Cup as well as Crystal Palace. Now, we'd expect against Palace City to go stronger. They made nine changes against Red Star. They'll probably go um, similar to the squad beforehand. We don't know if Haaland's going to be back. Grealish might be injured. Doku probably won't be risked at all. It'll probably be similar to the side that, that faced Luton. But let's have a chat about the Club World Cup, which follows directly afterwards. Already underway, I think, Aliti had through from their first round City really really want to win this don't they 
Yeah, it was interesting at Luton. Grealish quite spicy with his comments talking about, you know, people blowing up their recent form into a crisis and mm-hmm. um, and saying, you know, oh, we've got Champions League game, then Palace, then we go off to show that we can be the best team in the world. And it, and it is that. People mm-hmm. want to say, we are world champions. We are the best team in the world. Like, the Champions League winners usually are. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is the the title and the acclaim, and it's a trophy that City haven't won yet. Pep's won it before, but Pep will see the Pep will like the idea of winning it for City, um, and all the players want to win it. You know, De Bruyne is not likely to to play at all in it, but he's in the squad. He's going. He'll get a medal if if they win it, um, and he will have that to to look back on his his many other medals and and trophies that he's he's won. Like not many people get a chance to play in this competition. So as a footballer. You know, you might dream of winning the Premier League or the FA Cup or the Champions League. City did it all in a year and now they get the chance to win another trophy that you only get to play in if you've won the Champions League. So um, it is, you know, the the rarest of rare things and that is why it, it's not hard for City to get motivated for it. It feels like from the beginning of the season, a lot of the players, I'm thinking Diaz and Walker in particular, made a point of saying we want to win the Super Cup because we've never won it before and you can only get there by winning the Champions League and same with the Club World Cup um, and it feels like yeah you know people say it's not the most prestigious competition but it's a FIFA competition there's a reason that United and Liverpool have it on their big trophy walls and and like counting all the trophies they've got in, in their career because it is a you know, best team in the world, a World Cup trophy. You had Grealish in summer saying, you know, I want to win the Community Shield because yeah. I've, I've sort of played two with City and yeah. lost them both and, and City lost the Community Shield. So, I like, once the Champions League happened, they'd won the big three and then they're thinking, can we make it six in a year? Can we win six in a year? Because, again, how many teams do you know that have won six, six titles in a year? Mm-hmm. Like, probably no English ones. Um, you're probably talking... Barcelona, Bayern Munich, Real Madrid, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. I, d- I don't know. I'm fairly sure Pep did it at Barcelona, but other than that, um, you know, it, it just, it, it, it's something that gets you in the history books and every footballer wants to be remembered for, for as long as possible. Um, and so, yeah, they, they got the opportunity to play in the Club World Cup and the Super Cup through winning the, the Champions League and, and they might not get that chance again. You know, City would love to win the Champions League again, but it's not easy at all, as they've shown over the last seven years where they sort of had six years of having the squad to do it and not doing it before finally winning it. So, you know, this might be their only chance um, and it's their last chance to win the Club World Cup as it stands as the Club World Cup because from the year after it moves to this, like, basically mini Champions League. So... um, it will get harder to win. So this is a huge opportunity to do something that they might never do again. So you can see why they're taking it as seriously as they are. When I've spoken to people at the club, it sounds like last season there was pictures of the Champions League and saying we want to do this. It seems like there are similar motivation techniques for for the Club World Cup as well. We'll find out who City play today. We're recording this on Friday and Leon play Urara. Not even going to try and say that again. Red Diamonds. uh, (laughs) In the second round, so we'll find out City's opponents. This should get through. 
that game. You, you you expect the Champions League winner to get to the final and then yeah. they more often than not play the yeah. South American. They should outside. win the semi-final and they should win the final. Yeah. Um, but occasionally you get shocks and you get shocks when teams from uh, other continents kind of play each other. You see it in the World Cup, like Argentina yeah. losing to Saudi Arabia and um, the winners... Who are the South American team in it? Fluminese. Fluminese, who have Fernando Deniz as the coach, who is the he sort of describes himself as playing anti Guardiola football. Oh really? Um, whereby you know the players all have their positions, but where Guardiola then has like coaches the players to sort of know what to do in every situation. This style of football says, "Do whatever you want," and like Denise has done so well that he's taken over at Brazil sort of temporary charge and that's kind mm-hmm. of a big reason in Edison taking over from Allison in goal because Edison has this ability to you know do whatever he wants and it, it pays off more often than not so it's a really exciting brand of football but it's completely different to to Guardiola's style of football and presumably will really be difficult to sort of prepare for because there's so much improvisation going on on, on the pitch so yeah, you, you've not got much kind of practice playing against these type of opponents. Um, and that's when shocks can can happen. Um, so it City should win the Club World Cup because they are the best team in it. But that's not to necessarily mean that they will. That could be a fascinating matchup in the final then if it's Guardiola yeah. versus anti-Guardiola. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. looking at the teams and like in the last two pre-seasons City have played a Mexican side and a Japanese side. That's not to say that the Mexican <laughs> side or Japanese side that they will face in the semi-final will play the same. But you look whenever it's a pre-season you think, oh, well, why is City playing these sides? It could actually come a little bit useful, just those experiences. I remember the they played Club America in Houston and Grealish got kicked off the park and he came out afterwards and saying he absolutely loved it. And it could be those experiences where they can just remember and pick little bits about what they remember from those those games. Yeah, and, you know, I, I sort of think as well tours should help for... It doesn't seem like the schedule is that bad in terms of, mm-hmm. you know... A four-day gap between the games. Well, yeah, but sort of, you know, so they play Palace on Saturday and then they've got to fly out on the Sunday and then they play on the Tuesday and then they play on the Friday, isn't it? Yes. And then they fly back, presumably, Friday evening, sort of overnight, maybe mm-hmm. Saturday. And then the, the Everton game is sort of the evening of the 27th. So it, it's not sort of pleasant to fly halfway around the world for a a week and play two games and then come back and be expected to, you know, slot back into the Premier League. But they have experience of that kind of yeah. thing and it shouldn't be too difficult for them to, 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 like, I think it could have been worse, the schedule for, for what they've, what they've got in, you know, they could have had to play Boxing Day or something mm-hmm. like that. So that there's even less reason for them to sort of not go full throttle at it. And that could could explain the amount of changes at Red Star because it's a Wednesday to Saturday turnaround in in the Premier League. Yeah. How soon would you bring Erling Haaland back? We don't know the extent of his injury, but I would lean towards the argument of if he's not fit, don't play him, even if there's a Club World Cup final. 
Yeah, it was really strange because, I mean, there was, you know, a few journalists in the press conference on Tuesday to hear Pep's answer on Haaland, and we seem to hear something completely different from, yeah. like, the rest of the world, like, sort of looks at the internet a few hours after and everyone's saying, oh, Pep's had Haaland's back on Thursday. I'm thinking, oh, yes. The way he said it was definitely, we'll see on Thursday. I think the confusion was he said he'll be back on Thursday as in we will see him again on Thursday when we will be back. Um, And, you know, Thursday wasn't even a full training session. So, yeah. Um, Yeah. He wasn't in the pictures. I can't imagine we'll see him on Saturday. And is the... he will want to play in the Club World Cup because, again, he might not get the chance. Again, you think he probably will, but you never know. And he wants to score goals in important games to win important trophies. So this is the chance to do that. Um, you know, if he is fit for the first game, I sort of wouldn't be surprised to see him, you know, maybe play 60 minutes and then come off mm-hmm. and then start and play 90 in the final. That is, if he is fit enough by by Tuesday. But uh, yeah, I mean, he will have been doing his own rehabilitation and City will have been doing rehabilitation. It doesn't sound like a a big injury, but just City always take extra care with with Haaland. But I mean, Guardiola at Luton was like, do not say it's a fracture. It's not a fracture. <laughs> it's just kind of a bit of a stress, a strain. Um so I think they can get by without him against Palace, but maybe, um, yeah, they will want him. He will want him in the squad for the Club World Cup. He will travel with them uh, anyway, but it's it sort of, you, you, I, it, it would be a surprise if he didn't play in the Club World Cup, I think. Well, that's also up for Pep Guardiola to <laughs> rub his and rule him out for uh, however many weeks. Um, that is it for us today and for 2023. We'll be back first week in the new year. So follow us on the Manchester Evening News, on the website, on Twitter, Facebook, uh, YouTube, wherever you get uh, your Emmy and City News. We will be there over the course of the Club World Cup and the games against uh, Palace, Everton, Sheffield United and Huddersfield. Uh, we have our man Tyro Marshall heading out to Saudi Arabia to bring you everything that happens over there and hopefully uh, City will return as uh, world champions and we can discuss that in the new year. So uh, thanks for joining us. Follow us on all those social uh, accounts as you normally would. Leave us a review uh, if you can. Um, and uh, that's all we've got to say left is uh, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Thanks for joining us. Thank you.